everyone. This is Leslyn Keith. I'm president of the board of directors at the Lipedema Project and director of research. Welcome to Living Well with Lipedema. Today I have an excerpt from an interview with Dr. Ken Sakaris from our Lipedema and Keto Worldwide Summit that was held in 2017. Dr. Sakaris is a pathologist from the University of Melbourne in Australia, and he has studied fat metabolism. In this excerpt, he talks about eating seasonally and the natural cycles of life. My wife is what well, was born, raised through a period of feminism, and she loves the uh, female gods, the female fertility gods throughout history, and they're all fat because fat was the sign of fertility. You know, the starving peoples were not a flourishing people. Those that were able to accumulate food stores and, you know, have something to survive the winter months were the fertile and thriving peoples. And so they had fat female goddesses, fertility goddesses. One of the most common pictures in sort of ancient civilizations is the fat female fertility goddess because she was the epitome of what humans wanted. But the problem today is that we don't have that period. We don't want and we don't have those periods of famine. We've learned how to create food stores and move them around the planet in the wintertime. We, you know, we never have that period of famine. And so it seems like we're in this permanent state of waiting for the famine, which will never come. And another reason it won't come is because, you know, we're given that food of plenty Whenever we walk through the supermarket or go to a takeaway shop, it's like, this is the thing you crave. Yes, but we don't crave it every day of the year. You know, normally we should have this cycle of, of food. You know, when people talk about seasonal food, there are issues regarding vitamins and energy balance and activity and the vitamin D levels and the, you know, there's a season that we've, again, completely ignored. We don't go out in the summer. Vitamin D stores are low all year round. There's a whole lot of thing about good health, which is taking note of the season. And, you know, we've, we've not only distorted the food supply, but we've distorted our natural appreciation of the cycles of nature and life. I think an important thing to distinguish is the purpose of know, a low-carb, high-fat diet, a low-purpose of a ketogenic diet to any individual. So in one individual who is obese and on the verge of diabetes, the purpose of this diet is much more than it's good for your health. I want to prevent or cure my diabetes. And there you, have to com- you do have to commit to the diet, get through those first few weeks, and stay on it, burn those fat stores, and convert your body back to that healthy, fertile body that you know the cycle intended. So it's a treatment for something that has gone a bit too far. You know, the, the, you're on the verge, or you're suffering disease. Whereas there might be a marathon runner who's as thin as a rake, and just wants to teach their muscles to burn fat rather than carbs because you can only store enough carbs to run for an hour or two and then you hit the wall. Whereas you can store enough fat, even in a thin person, to run for hours and hours. 
endurance athletes love the idea of being in a ketogenic diet because they've taught the body to burn fat and they can run forever. So now that's a very different purpose. They're trying to control you know, their muscle, muscular activity and their energy balance. So what about in between? In between, there's people, hopefully, there's people that aren't on the verge of disease but neither want to be marathon runners. They're just like me, people who want to live a healthy life. And the healthy life is one of variety, one of seasons. And it's not, you know, if you eat some fruit during the season when fruit are in your garden, if you eat that fruit, you won't be making ketones for a day or two. But don't tell me for a healthy person that that's a bad thing. You know, everybody is different. You know, for to cure disease, you need to commit to a ketogenic diet until you've achieved that health goal. And then I think it is important to go back to a natural balanced diet. Even in sport, you might commit to a an unnatural diet, you know, focusing on certain food groups and focusing on one aspect of metabolism. But even with those athletes, they know that in the running season, they can commit to it, but they need to have a break from it, whether it's for peace of mind or for their own stress levels and health. So I do get worried when people who've got no risk of disease say that I'm going to commit to a ketogenic diet and I'm going to stay on it for the rest of my life and I'm never going to touch you know, sugar or fruit because we can use the ketogenic diet, fat metabolism, as part of a natural way of living or we can use it as a treatment. But it's important to make the distinction because they are different purposes. Maybe a quick way to get into this discussion is a conversation that I had with a calcium researcher, a friend of mine, Howard Morris, in um, Adelaide, Melbourne, Australia. He's a world-famous calcium researcher. And he asked me, what do you tell doctors when they're asking how much vitamin D someone should take? And I said, well, you know, in the wintertime, there's not much sunlight. I tell people to take three tablets or 3,000 units. And then in the summertime, when there's plenty of sunlight, I take them, you know, tell them you, you may only need one tablet if you're not getting any sun at all. And, and then he said to me, but Ken, do you think that's natural? You're going to maintain a steady level of vitamin D throughout the year. Do you think that's natural or what nature intended? And when I thought about it, of course it wasn't. In the wintertime, there is very low sunlight and our vitamin D levels fall. And in the summertime, our vitamin D levels are high. The natural state for every animal is to have high vitamin D in the summer and low vitamin D in the winter. Lower vitamin D, not absolutely low, but lower vitamin D. And it could be that like fasting when carbs and sugar and fat, there is a, that is part of our yearly cycle. And he was looking at it from the health of bone. So the idea is that in the summertime when food is plenty and vitamin D is around, we're taking in calcium and putting it into bone. And in the wintertime when the food isn't as plentiful and the vitamin D level, we're taking calcium out of bone. But that flux of calcium into and out of bone is what keeps it healthy and rejuvenated. And it may be harmful not to have that cycle, to have a permanently high level of vitamin D. It's very much like having permanently high sugar intake. It's unnatural. 
the body was waiting for that period of famine for a good reason, and it hasn't happened. The body was waiting for that period of the year when it was a bit darker, and it didn't happen. So there's probably a whole lot of messages in the body to do with not only its bone metabolism, because there are vitamin D receptors in every cell of the body we've looked at, there may be roles of vitamin D in controlling the metabolism and the purpose of every cell in the body. So, you know, the natural cycle doesn't extend to just one food group or one. It extends to our activity and our exposure to nature. And so I have said to people, there is only one disease that vitamin D causes. It's a lack of vitamin D causes directly the disease of osteopenia and you know losing bone mass and fractures. But vitamin D has been found to be associated with the development of almost every disease. Like there's a link between vitamin D and diabetes. There's a link between vitamin D and cancer. Now it doesn't cause those diseases, but it seems to accentuate the development of those diseases. And it seems to help the treatment or the reversal of those diseases. So it's a regulatory hormone. It's, it's actually misnamed as a vitamin. It's really a hormone in the body. So you know, vitamin D is you know, another lesson about us getting used to nature. Now, in terms of the vitamin D levels, it varies from lab to lab, whether the cutoff they're quoting you is the level that they want you to be at the end of winter or at the end of summer. In Australia, we say the level is 60 nanomol per litre. I think it's about 30 or something American units. But anyway, 60 in Australia is the level we're supposed to be at the end of summer. And then in the winter, you're allowed to level it fall. And it won't fall much below 50 by winter. But, you know, they've sort of, in our Australian guidelines, we've said this is the level you should be at the end of summer. And then you should be okay for the winter as well. So I think there, you know, there's something we need to consider for everything, not just, you know, carbs and fat and everything, just what nature intended, you know, being in tune with nature. I went to hospital and the doctor said, well, you've got a kidney stone. As a biochemist, that clicked to me because I knew I was having all this calcium in the yogurt, excessive amounts of yogurt and all the oxalate in strawberries, and that caused me to have a calcium oxalate kidney stone. So you cannot distort a diet and maintain it for years, well, that was a year or two on end, without it potentially having some distorting effects on health. So you may want to commit to that to three to six months, but you still need a variety, and you can't concentrate on one aspect like that because there are downsides to it. That's really the important question to ask. It's sort of, why are you doing this? Have you achieved your goals? And can you go back to a more balanced diet? Not back to the original diet, which caused all the problems, but go back to something that is in between you know, what you were doing and what is clearly a healthier diet. Thank you, Dr. Sakaris. That was interesting information and certainly really applicable to women with lipedema. And thank you also to you, our listeners. If you haven't already subscribed to our daily flash briefings of tips, tools, and research about lipedema, you can subscribe at Apple, Spotify, Amazon Alexa, or here at this website, lipedema-simplified.org slash flash, where you'll find an archive of all of our flash briefings. 
Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time for another Living Well with Lipedema Flash Briefing. 